Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is P.J. Haggerty. P.J. is a three-time National Collegiate Bowling Coaches Association Most Valuable Player. P.J. bowled collegiately at Fresno State. P.J., it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Much appreciated. And uh, look forward to spending time with you here and and, uh, catching up. All right, well, let's get right into things here. We're going to begin with things regarding the USBC Open Championships and your team left Reno in the lead, 34-22. Let's talk about team, and then if you want to work your way through your through all of your events since you're, you're currently leading all events and, uh, and team and, and doubles, so let's let's work our way, uh, I guess, through the, through all three of those events and just talk about uh, your guys' strategy heading into, uh, heading into team and then as you progress through your, uh, through your events. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it is still so early in the event that we really didn't have very much intel. Um, you know, USBC hasn't really posted a bunch, a bunch of videos yet, uh, mainly be- because there just haven't been a ton of scores shot yet at this point. We did see a little bit of, of footage from doubles and singles, but uh, really nothing for team. And we really just kind of learned from last year. I, I think last year we used too much urethane. I think that was what probably hurt us the most. I think we had uh, somewhere between six and eight guys that use urethane through team. And um, it looked really good for about a game. And then all of a sudden it just looked worse and worse and worse. And so our, our progression did not look good last year. So we tried to avoid that. And I think this year we only had about, I think we had three guys that used urethane. So I think that helped us quite a bit, not only create some hold, but, um, but also not destroy the pattern like it did last year. And, um, you know, we got off to a good start. We bowled 1200 the first game. It felt like the lanes were pretty soft to begin with. So I don't know if urethane is totally necessary, but I just, I, I think if a little bit of it's used, I think it's okay. And, um, I used the TNT. I, I'm a big fan of the of the new Roto Grip TNT. I, I put a little bit of a different layout on it uh, to try to get it to to kind of lay off down lane. Uh, thanks to Kendall and and also thanks to Giorgio at at the plant because uh, they I was out there recently and we talked layouts and stuff. And so um, anyway, just a, a little bit of a little bit of good advice from those guys. But uh, and then from there, you know, once it stopped striking, which was about the first part of game three, then I basically jumped a, a whole zip code to the left and, and joined everybody else and started to curve it a decent amount with an absolute and uh, had 232, 60, 230 uh, as my team scores. But more importantly, you know, the team, the team bombed them. Um, we, we bowled really well. Uh, we also tracked the topography because the stadium, the lanes just got leveled there. So we jumped online because it's public information on bowl.com and, and we tracked the topography and it played, as the topography said, uh, so I would definitely do that if if I was going out uh, to bowl nationals again, or if if I haven't gone out, I would definitely track it when when I got there. Um, doubles and singles, totally different animal. Uh, they are much much flatter, much much shorter. 
quite a bit more friction, especially in the middle of the lane. And I basically used the same ball. I used the same TNT to start. And then when I moved left, though, and I think everybody kind of noticed this, when whenever people moved left, it just looked worse. It, the middle of the lane really never developed kind of like how team did team developed really, really nicely, but singles and doubles just did not ever develop in the middle of the lane. So every time we moved left, we ended up moving back to the right and just using quite a bit of speed to, to create some hold. Um, I think, you know, USBC posted the, the video of, of us in, in singles and doubles and yeah, we're all, we're all throwing it pretty hard, um, right yeah. around like seven, eight, nine and, uh, just, just trying to trap it and, and let the lane do it do what it was going to do but you know it's also it's hard to like think about all right all events score double score team all events like there's so many things going through your mind that you're just and there's only four in a pair so it goes quick so you're just trying to stay in the moment and and you know make shots the best you can but overall man we did our job i mean we we came out saying hey it's early enough there's no reason why we shouldn't be on these leaderboards when we leave and um we're hoping that a couple of them hold up who knows what it'll turn out like but I think we'd be happy with with the team if it if it ends up holding up there. You know, I, I think PJ, you brought up a fantastic kind of point in, in explaining that. It just sounds like you guys had great preparation, and I think that sometimes it gets overlooked going to an event like that. Is you know you don't know the pattern. You had you get very limited information, but what with what you did know, you guys prepared um, and really were ready for what you guys saw. That leads into my next question is. What is the communication like between the team? Are you guys an individual? Are you communicating every single shot? What's the communication like between you guys when you're in the moment, the lane's changing, you don't know what the pattern is, but you're trying to, you know, get on leaderboard like you guys did. You know, what's the communication like between the team? Yeah, basically every shot we, we're talking because, you know, as an example, Ron Hurt, who is our, our middle guy, uh, he, he struggled a little bit in team, especially game two. And, he was not sure if he should move left or move right or change balls or change speed or, or what have you. And, and I feel like everybody has their own opinion that they could help him with, but we're not trying to step on each other's toes with different opinions. And we know that Ron's a great bowler. All of us can bowl and he'll trust what any of us say, but yeah, every shot we're talking about stuff because, you know, man, when you step up on the left lane, by the time you get back to that left lane, there's nine or more shots thrown before you get back there so you best believe that lane's a little bit different than the last shot you just threw on that uh, on that lane so we're always talking with each other talking about balls and strategies and really taking advantage of fill balls um, because you know it's kind of a free shot even though we got a lot of money in brackets and we're you know we're trying to squeak at every bracket we can but we're, we're trying to take advantage of fill balls because we want to make sure that we're staying ahead of the lane and and you know we're making sure that we're we're doing what the lane's telling us to do and regarding that communication, how does that take you back to your time bowling? I was just saying, as I was doing some prep for the interview here uh, at at uh, Fresno State University, that's something you had to do then is that communication on the lanes and while you're bowling. But I'm sure your college prepared you for that, and you've used that all throughout your adult bowling career now. Oh, big time, man. I mean, there's unfortunately, there's just that many team tournaments to bowl. And uh, I, I bet if you surveyed, you know, every competitive bowler out there that's either bowled collegiately or bowled on tour, uh, they would they would probably pick team bowling over anything because there's nothing like winning with your boys, man. It's it, it's a great feeling to 
to just communicate and know that other guys have your back and other guys are seeing the lane and, and you're just not on your own. Um, so yeah, it, it feels just like a collegiate event. I mean, we're, we're getting loud and we're high-fiving and we're running them out and you know, it feels like we're 20 years old again, which is pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, those are four years that I'll never, I'll never forget. And that definitely propelled us for, you know, these nationals, uh, these nationals events, because every guy on our team, uh, well, I guess not every guy, but three out of the five bolts collegiately. I, I don't think, I don't think a couple of them did, but still they, they get just as fired as fired up as if they did bowl collegiately like us. And kind of diving into the, the brain of PJ Haggerty, and as, as uh, Tim mentioned, you had great success really at all levels you bowled at, whether it was back in college or Fresno State on the PBA tour, and now, you know, USBC Nationals. And with that being said, there's a lot of moments that you kind of have to step up for, right? You anchor your team, you've thrown big shots to win tournaments, you won multiple titles in a season on the PBA tour, and that's not easy. That doesn't just fall on your hands. You have to fill the shot when you need it. So a little bit of like, I guess, a tip for the people listening. What do you go through when you're in the moment, right? You have to double to get the leaderboard at USBC National, to double to win a title. You have to step up with a big game to make the cut. What's time to come with some of the tools that you go through to, to step up in that moment and kind of perform when you need to? Yeah, as bad as it sounds, it's almost like you have to fail uh, a bunch of times before you actually figure out how to how to actually do it the right way can't tell you how many times that I actually uh, thought out how I was going to run out that shot and how I was going to celebrate before I actually stepped up on the approach. And it's like, whoa, 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 time out, dude. Like, let's go ahead and throw the strike first, and then you can do whatever you want. Do a backflip or, you know, scream with your teammates or whatever you want to do. But let's go ahead and make sure that we execute that shot first before you before you go ahead and celebrate. You can earn the right, you know, to do that. But one thing that I've that I've really tried to focus on when I need one is it may be really cliche, but it's really just to, to, to slow down and 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 try to make sure that you've got a, maybe a key or two that you're focusing on, whether it's physically or it's with your hand or whatever it might be, because the shot that you're about to throw is no different than the last 2,000 shots you just threw. The lane hasn't changed, the pins haven't changed, you haven't changed, and it's just it's just another shot more than anything. So you really try to slow your mind down, take a deep breath, stay in the moment, and ex- execute the best you can. Because once you let it go, there's nothing you can do. But if you can get everything right from the back of the foul line, or yeah, the back of the approach to the foul line, then the, the rest of it's out of your control. But not getting overly ahead of yourself is probably my biggest key. PJ, you're much uh, what we'd probably call a weekend warrior. How are you able to keep yourself sharp because you're not able to get out there and, and grind with practice games? Or are you, are you a guy you probably don't need a lot of practice at this point? But still, how do you keep yourself both physically and mentally sharp? If you're, you know, whatever you're bowling, you had a full-time job, you might bowl mm-hmm. a night or two in league, but nothing super crazy anymore. But how do you stay sharp for when you head out to these tournaments and, and, uh, and even your, your PBA regionals and everything you bowl? Yeah, it uh well I do get practice once a week from 7 to 7:10 before league starts. Uh so that that'll <laughs> consist of my practice uh and then and then I get three whole games after that. Uh but no, thankfully at at Steve Cook's Fireside Lanes here in just outside Sacramento, Steve lets us practice after after league is over. So he'll he'll leave some lanes on. So I'll actually get in about an hour a week probably if I choose to. Um but oddly enough, if I don't have a if I don't have a tournament that weekend, 
then I probably won't practice. So I, I try to, I try to, my practice regimen tends to be kind of hot and cold, if you will, where if I know I have something coming up and I need to get some reps and then I'll practice. But if I don't, then I really, I won't, won't practice that much unless there's something I'm really trying to work on only because mentally, I think it's okay to take a little break, a mental break and a physical break from bowling because it's such a frustrating sport. It's a game that we're never going to master. We can only just do the best we can at. And, but by stepping away and maybe just doing some stuff mentally at home, whether it's with, you know, like I just picked up a book uh, that's, that was written about Russell Wilson, who great quarterback for the Seahawks then went to the Broncos and had this crazy, terrible year. But uh, the book was written by his mental coach. And so I'm kind of in the middle of that because I, you know, we're athletes, man, we compete, we win, we lose. Um, there's tough breaks, there's good breaks, et cetera. And so I, I try to, I try to stay sharp mentally as well because physically at this point we've thrown thousands and thousands of shots. Not too much is going to change physically, but uh, one thing that he said that this uh, mental coach said in the book is your brain is your, is the biggest muscle in your body. Why don't you, why does, you know, why don't more people work on that and, and make that as strong as you, as you can? And that kind of hit home. It's like, man, you're totally right. You know, we go to the gym and we, we try to eat well and physically be as good as we can on the lanes, but man, the brain is the largest muscle in the body. Why don't we try to make that as sharp as possible? That is some you know, fantastic information. Thank you so much for sharing. And this is one question I'd love to ask. Let me kind of uh, kind of wrap things up from here. Um, you know, again, you you've competed at so many different levels and found success. What's one tip that PJ now would maybe give to like freshman year PJ or even youth bowler PJ? What's one piece of advice you've experienced that you would kind of give younger PJ nowadays? Yeah, man, heck of a question, Kendall. Because we just talked about this on the on our national strip. I my roommate was David O'Sullivan when we first went on tour. Had a nice career at Moorhead, bowled on tour a little bit. Now more of a pro shop guy and, and does kind of the weekend stuff. But we both didn't have a lot of success on tour, at least as much as we wanted to or thought we would have. If I were to rewind time, I'm 37 now. If I just rewind time 15 years or so, uh, I certainly would have gotten into the gym a lot more than I did. Um, bowling on tour is not easy. And I think just taking care of your body uh, is is huge. Um, my, my workout routine, you know, regimen now is completely different than what it was when I was 22, 22. I had no kids. I had way more time and I had basically no responsibility where now it's like, okay, I've got tons of responsibility, very little time. And now it's like, I I don't have much more time to to try to figure this thing out before, you know, some guys are going to, are going to pass me. So if I were to go back, man, I would, I would eat well, get in the gym, stretch a ton and just try to be as physically sound as you can. Like you look at some of the guys on tour, man, Chris Vi and, you know, AJ Johnson and a bunch of these guys are just in fantastic shape. Um, you know, Billy O'Neill, I mean, he's, he just hit 40 and he's in great shape. Uh, there's a reason because this game will, will wear on you over time if, if you don't take care of yourself. Uh, so better start early better early than you know than late that's for sure well awesome stuff pj haggerty want to thank you for being here today on the storm collegiate spotlight sharing some insight on your time bowling collegiately some things regarding that and then of course uh your great performance your yours and your team's great performance out in reno so all the best of luck moving forward and uh, we'll be catching up with you again sometime down the road right on guys
thank you for the opportunity. Always good catching up with you. Uh, a lot of respect for both you guys. And um, anything more I can do to help, just let me know.